2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Hey, welcome back in to Gwyn and Chris. It is uh, Chris Hello, It is Tony Gwynn Jr. It is Matt Scraby. It is Halloween. And uh, that, that was no uh, trick. That was a treat. Bob Melvin joined us here. On the program just uh, moments ago, the uh, former skipper of the Padres now heading up to San Francisco to become the uh, new manager of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, got a couple of phone calls. We'll give you a chance to uh, chime in on what he said, what we said. But uh, Daily Gambit will be after that. And uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, if we were hoping for something dramatic or something, you know, earth-shattering, that wasn't the intention of the phone call. That wasn't the intention of the interview. So uh, the intention of the interview was uh, for Bob Melvin to be able to come on, talk to us, talk to you in San Diego, and uh, get some of his thoughts uh, on the way out the door. Uh, he shared with us what he would share with us, and uh, I don't expect him to share any more than that at any other time. So, no. um, you know, there you have it. Uh, we'll uh, see where it goes from here. Uh, but like Tony said, man, the, t- the focus really needs to be now – hear about, you know, our new manager, who it's going to be, and making sure that, uh, you know, the Padres get rolling and uh, get into the 2024 season uh, off on the right foot. So... Yeah, so I mean,
4: listen, there's, there's a lot. I mean, we saw sort sure of everybody saw the the proposed rumor trade yeah, with Juan Soto. We talked a little bit about it last week in terms of the Yankees. I think a lot of What happens now moving forward, uh, all of it will have an impact on what this season, next season looks like. I mean, whoever the manager is, if you don't have a Juan Soto on your roster, that certainly changes things for you a little bit. Yeah. Um, Where does. We know from reports early in the year that, at least reportedly, they want to get the um, payroll down to 200 million. Payroll down to 200 million. So um, it's going to be hard to feel. Um, it'll be easier to do that, I assume, without a guy like Juan Soto, who is expected to get what do we say thirty on the on um, thirty million on in in arbitration. I think it is his last something around that number. I think it was a thirty or thirty five. We're talking Juan Soto, yeah,
5: yeah, it was around thirty. I think he's going to make like possibly thirty three this year. So 34. I mean,
4: if 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 that report is true, I mean that that easily gets you close to the the number. That you want. You got Blake Snell coming off the books. Should he not return? Uh we don't what is his market gonna look like? Because that could also determine whether he returns to San Diego, which we know he wants to. Uh will the money be right? Go ahead, Scrap. The estimate for this coming season. Last year Juan
5: Soto was paid twenty three million dollars. This year the estimate according to Spot Track is twenty seven million dollars.
3: So
4: not as
5: high as the thirties, but that's also just an estimate.
4: I think that's going to be wrong.
3: I think it's going to be, I, I think it's gonna be it's higher. It's going to be about 30. Who's his, who's his agent again? Scotty the, the Shark. That's all we need to know. That's all we need to <laughs> know. They're,
5: say, they're saying on SpotTrack, I like looking at these projections of contracts, but they're saying that he should make somewhere around 12 years $400 million. That's what they're 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 projecting think for Juan that, Soto. That that
4: has come down like a hundred billion because they knew he was. Yeah, in I was that hearing five. 500 500 wasn't the, the, the
5: Nationals? they? Didn't they offer him like for four fifty or was something? Four
4: fifty. That was reported. Four fifty. But then he
5: stuck with the Nationals. He stunk. Or stuck. St- stuck. Stuck. I don't know. They have a World Series flag flying over that ballpark. Yeah, but not anytime soon, I don't think.
3: Well, they got one. They had one. I'd take that. <laughs> okay, yes, they did
5: have one. I will acknowledge that, Chris.
3: Very good. Let's go to uh, Chris. Uh, another Chris out there in Escondido, give him a chance to chime in here on Gwen and Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you?
6: Hi, gentlemen. I'm awesome. How are you today? Good, whoa, whoa, thanks. Chris. My, my immediate uh, takeaway from that is what an absolute class act Um. You thank, thank you very much. Or you? Me
3: or oh no, Bob <laughs> oh, okay. never mind.
6: Well, it goes without saying, Scraby's included in that one. Yeah, too. Oh, man, wow,
3: that's I praise. high praise. high praise. I,
6: I thought I'd throw him a bone. He hasn't won his way in a while. <laughs>
4: that's that's <laughs> thank also you, Chris. true. That's thank
6: also you, Chris. true. <laughs> uh, but he, but honestly, I I just I mean, you guys weren't easy on him. You asked him the questions we all wanted to know, and just couldn't have handled it with more plum. just class act from A to Z um the one the other the other takeaway i did have when you asked him about soto and and hater he didn't and again i'm reading the tea leaves um he didn't deny it he immediately said i don't want to get into whatever the term mudslinging or whatever um and and if i just think about the last 18 months of bob melvin some of the comments he's made uh, and again i'm reading my own tea leaves here but i remember one of the first things he said last year in spring training was it was going to take 40 to 50 guys on our roster to be a successful team, and towards the end of and I'm connecting that one towards the end of this year, when he talked a couple of times about Fernando and the amount of games he played and Juan Soto and the amount of games he played, and every time he talked about that, he made a comment was because of the situation, we had to play these guys a lot more than I wanted to, and again if i 'm reading his tea leaves, to me that meant um, I didn't have the, the the number of players I wanted to, to do the things the way I like to manage. And if that goes back to the Juan Soto trade, I don't think it would have been personal. But he may have been on board saying, hey, if you can get me four or five guys and give me some more flexibility with that lineup, that may have been where that rumor came from. But that's just my opinion.
3: Yeah. Good stuff, Chris. Thanks for the uh, Thanks, kind Chris. words. And uh, appreciate you uh Checking in with us. Uh, we'll get another one in Bob in San Diego. Thanks, Bob, for calling. How are you?
7: Hey, doing good, Chris. Uh, wanted to say a quote about the short thing about Juan Soto. So it was my impression this year that he was not a clutch player. Uh, I just don't remember a lot of headlines saying to something to the effect of Juan Soto wins the game for the Padres. And so I decided to kind of look into it. He had 30 games where he hit a home run. He had Three times he had two, so he ended up with 33. Good numbers. He had good numbers, right, RBIs and all that. Of those 30 games where he hit a home run, only five of them really mattered. Uh, The rest of them were all games in which we won or lost by five or more runs. He really wasn't a factor in that. He had the same kind of percentage in terms of, you know, when he had an RBI and how many RBIs he had. Just was not a guy that came through, uh, what do you call it, late close. Right? How good are you late? How good are you when we're close? And I don't think Juan Soto was the kind of clutch player that's worth all that money because he's putting up gaudy numbers in garbage time and not when we need it. So I wanted to say that and just kind of get a reaction. You guys, so I'll just hang up and and listen to your reaction. Thank you,
3: Bob. Thanks, Bob. Uh, My reaction is that uh, even though I'm not the world's biggest Juan Soto fan, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he had a lot more impact than you're saying he did. Um, You know, I think he struggled early in the season. The end of the season, the last two or three months, he was uh, just fabulous. And uh, these guys can't control exactly when they hit their 30 home runs. I mean, if you're going to say only five of them mattered. I don't know how many of uh, Ronald Acuna's home runs this year quote mattered. How many of them came in a fourteen to two blowout? I, you could sit there and go through that with every single player and probably find a way to make it not seem important. Uh, I, I, I. Even though I'm not the world's biggest Juan Soto fan, Tony, I can't deny the guy's talent, and and yeah. I think you're kind of trying to deny his talent, Bob. So, I,
4: I just, the tough part is for the Padres as a whole this year. They weren't good in, in one-run games as a whole. And that's yeah, everybody. So everybody yeah. But how much of what Juan Soto did contributed into all those wins that they won by five runs or more, right? Those are still wins at the end of the day. When are those homers hit? Are they – and listen, maybe Bob did the research and saw that in those five-run or more wins, the homers came when the score was already out of line. I don't know. Uh, but I think it's it's – when a team struggles the way the Padres did this year, everybody is going to look not clutch. Um, but yeah, that's the, good point, the, the, Tony. the reality is, the numbers at the end don't lie. Because it's—I'll tell you what—it's a lot easier to give away at bats in garbage time when you're when the game is not mattering um, than it is to give away at bats when the game matters. And so, um, when you watch Juan Soto, the one thing that about him. Is no matter what the score is, this dude is not giving away an at bat ever. I mean, he struggled early, so it might have seemed like he was giving at bats away then. But I would say from May on, April or excuse me, June on, end of May on, he didn't give away any at bats, and that's why he was able to bounce back after such a horrendous, horrendously slow start and finish the numbers. We're uh, at the numbers where he was at.
3: His numbers pre- were pretty massive by the end of the season. I mean, like I said, I was uh, anti Juan Soto in a lot of lot of instances throughout the season, but I got to. You look at the end uh, result; it's pretty impressive. I hate to say. Yeah, hate was. to say. All right, uh, Magic in San Diego. Always good to hear from you, Magic. Thanks for calling in. Hello.
8: Happy Halloween, guys. Happy, Happy Halloween, Halloween. Magic two things real quick and tony i wanted to get the last um give you something on the lakers but first of all i wanted to commend you guys on the interview with bob because one thing i really like about you guys show and all the guys all the shows too is you guys keep it professional and this is not a junk radio station and i just respect mr melvin for coming on and telling you his side of the story we didn't need to hear any junk that's private that belongs to those two people and we may never know what really went on and it's get on with what's going to happen next year and as a as you guys i've told you i'm not a padre fan i want to become one so i'm looking forward to what's going to happen next year so i respect you guys for for keeping this very professional and tony for you getting that interview kudos to you now on to uh you're my lakers yeah like I did the Padres last year, yeah. the Lakers, the Padres went nineteen and nineteen. I quit watching them. I didn't watch them the rest of the year. I quit going to the games. I'm done watching the Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers. I'm done. I'm done because Tony, <laughs> I, I, I want to tell you something. That little run they had last year was fake. Kind of like what the Padres did at the end of the year. They can't keep up with any young teams in the West. The Clippers got much better. They can't beat Denver. They they can't guard a three point shot. They they would need a missile to stop the three-point shot that these teams make on them. So I'm done with them. And I, got, I have to give much respect to my, my boy Kobe. If Kobe was alive, he would have a fit because he would not let this team play the way they have the past two years. So you guys have a good Halloween,
4: and I'll listen to it on the other end. Magic sounds. Magic's like, hilarious. This sounds like all of my Laker family members. You know what? I'm in
3: the same boat. I've watched the Bulls for four games. They're two and two. <laughs> they stink. They're going nowhere this well, year. Any team. So that is spoken like a true fan. <laughs> That's exactly if Magic right. is, you know, he sounds just like I do with my team right now, and it's two and two. As you so. guys know,
4: I'm the. I'm in the internal optimist. Yeah. right? So even in my family, as as all of us are big Laker fans. I'm usually the one that is trying to find reasons on yeah. why this is going to be great. As yeah. I did with the Padres all last season. Why this is going to turn out wonderful. Now, listen, Magic makes a lot of good points. They are going to struggle against the young teams. They, Magic, being one of those teams, they're not even like at the top tier of the young teams no, either. No, Oklahoma
3: City's a good young right. team. There's a lot of them out there.
4: And they're going to have to find a way to... As they did last night, to manage to win games without LeBron playing dumb minutes. I mean, the the game before in Sacramento, he played. up I think he played the same amount of minutes as his age.
3: And he Maybe played thirty. More. And he played thirty five minutes in their other game when they beat uh, their second game of the year. I forget who that was against, but he played way over the limit in that game yeah. too. So he's Straight doing he's got that. his finger up. Yes, I don't know sir. That. Yes, Mister yes, uh, Ghost. Uh,
5: <laughs> actually, on the stream, everybody's calling me a raccoon or a panda now. So <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a much better description than the, the ghost of
4: Brock Purdy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, will I know. say that,
5: and I'm sweating a
3: little the bit. Raccoon in
4: this, or a panda?
5: I didn't realize that. A, this makeup is really itchy, and I, every time I go to itch my face, I remember that I have makeup on, so I can't, or else it ruins it. And uh, B,
4: this jersey is really hot too, so. Yeah, this, i'm just sweating the temperature's kind of hot in here just to be sweet real, oh real is quick, it is it real quick um we got a daily gavin to get you next but want to read you guys some um some tweets that just came down in terms of the padres uh managerial, managerial search. search yes uh benji gill phil nevin and this is according to dennis lynn and eric chavez are among the internal candidates who are in various stages of the interview process all for the All local Padres. ties. Yes, managerial open sources tell uh, Britt Brit Gorielli and, and Dennis Lynn. Mike Schilt and Ryan Flaherty continue to be viewed as the favorites for the job. Britt then uh, tweeted on her own Phil Nevin could interview later this week. Gill is in the preliminary discussions and Chavez no longer expected to be in the mix. Uh, all those guys, San Diego ties. Eric Chavez mount carmel uh alum uh benji gill
3: i think went to either chula vista or one of those down he's been a
4: very popular um we've heard his name a lot we've heard his name a lot and obviously phil nevin um former padre padre, lives here in poway uh shout out to the nevin family i know his son's getting married this weekend so uh, a lot going on in the nevin family including uh seems like a a candidate for this job so Uh, We'll see. We'll keep you guys updated on that as we get more info.
3: Very good. Uh, We'll uh, step aside to get some winners and losers. Daily Gambit is coming up when Gwen and Chris resumes after traffic.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
4: 322 on the clock. Tony Good Jr., Chrisello, Matt Scraby. Got a daily gambit lined up, ready to go. Scraby, are you ready? I'm trying. This face paint has got you all kinds of jazz. Yeah, you're all right messed now. up over there. And I you know not. what's gonna
3: happen anytime you have face paint on. It starts itching, as you said, Yeah, it's and you start rubbing it I'm trying to not rub to. the itch, <laughs> and then the to. face paint starts <laughs> getting displaced all over Don't your Don't worry, I have more. I'm going, I'm going to really put like back on like a, a broke you know Ultimate what, if Warrior you've right now. If you tuned in and you've seen... <laughs> what'd you say? I said he looks like a broke Ultimate Warrior right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to look even weirder and worse at about 5.30 Ooh. this afternoon.
4: No, no. Because by that time, they when you, I, I, face paint be all over them. that it gets warm enough in here where you start to sweat, so it can like start leaking into yeah. your beard. I
5: don't know that my pores will ever sweat again with this <laughs> makeup on, because it is uh, it is thick. Yeah. Well. When she put it on, I'm like, am I getting plastered? Like, Is this a plaster face or something? I don't have any idea what you're putting on me, but thank you, Dorothy.
4: All right, let's get to the Daily Gambit. Do you like money?
0: I think about money a oh, lot.
1: Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3, The Fan.
5: Daily Gambit is our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. Please, everybody, gamble responsibly. Uh, Anthony on the stream wanted to, to know Do I think the 49ers should trade Brock Purdy for Jimmy G? <laughs> I'd rather have Brock Purdy at this point. Really?
4: No, but th- I think- I'm just saying, Brock Purdy has looked very. Very average the last three games. He's looked like a Mr. Irrelevant pick the last three games. He hasn't looked as... He's thrown two...
5: He had two yeah. games with two yeah. fourth-quarter interceptions each. Four fourth-quarter interceptions in the last two weeks.
3: Jimmy G overthrew Devontae Adams <laughs> <Yes>. by 30
4: <laughs> yards twice. twice. <laughs> yes, And you know what? The, the, to be honest, the first interception Brock he Purdy's he threw, not doing that. The first interception he threw in the first quarter... The the one near the end zone. He underthrew that one. If he would have overthrew him like he did the first two.
3: Devontae Adams that. might have caught
4: that.
5: Yeah, it was, it was horrendous quarterbacking by Jimmy G last night. It was. It was. But you know what? There are some passes that Devontae Adams can catch. And if you're going to complain about... Can catch? What, what game How's did he you supposed watch? to catch those ones that land the in the one first over, row of the seats? <sighs> no, those ones are obviously not catchable. The one that he had to... It was for a first down late in the game, and he had to just kind of slightly go towards his right side to pick it. But he didn't. He turned up field first. And then the touchdown that he didn't have against the Bears, but he caught it and he didn't catch it. I'm I'm I'll, tell on Devontae, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one
3: thing. They can trade Devontae Adams to my
5: team as long as they don't trade Jimmy G with them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last night, the Pacers... Oh, I had a uh, sports equinox. Tony, did you know about the sports equinox yesterday? It's when all four major sports have a game on the I same I did day. know.
4: That's the only day this year it'll yes. happen.
5: Yep. So I did a sports equinox parlay, and I started with the Pacers beating the Bulls, and then that's where the parlay ended because...
4: The Bulls beat the Pacers. So, yeah, so I got to tell you guys, out. Right. I have a buddy that is into parlays, and I had no idea. And so he asked me this weekend to help him with his parlays. Oh, no. Chris, I tell you, we thought Crazy was dumb for the three-game three parlays. My guy How many... is doing 10 teams? 10 teams? Oh, <gasps> what? <laughs> Why? I don't know. That's so difficult. I don't know. A I don't ten know. team, ten Harley. team. I was like, you know, that there is almost zero chance of any of this happening. Yeah, you're going to lose probably four or five games in this ten.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> even if you lose just one, it's
4: over. You've still lost. <laughs> right. You
3: get ninety
4: percent, and you get nothing. Nothing. And you'll like it. And of course, it came to fruition because. Parlays don't work. Oh, so the losing. Three team parlays don't work. Two team parlays don't exactly, even work. Exactly. They are difficult. I do
5: like it when I get DMs from people telling me and sending me their tickets of their eight leg parlay that they hit. But, uh, but my question back is how many times did you try a parlay? And I never get an answer.
3: My so. friend uh,
5: Scott uh,
3: also told me last night that he played a uh, Sports Equinox.
5: Parlay. Oh, did he?
3: Yeah, he missed it on the hockey game because he took Vegas minus a goal and a half, and they only beat Montreal by one.
5: Ah, that's why. I so went he Money didn't line. come through
3: either. But I want to. I want to thank Scott. Can I take a second to thank this guy, Scott? Sure. Unbelievable. Went to dinner with this guy last night. We walk into the restaurant. First thing he says to me is, "Are you taping any games? Because if you are, I don't want to give you any scores. How
4: about that? Good I thought you. that was the
5: nicest go,
3: thing anyone's you need ever to said to me. You, to you need to
4: go to dinner with him and his fam all the time.
3: He's that was the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me, and I said yes, I'm taping all the games, and he said, all right, no worries, I'm taping all the games. I'm just going to have to how be about, up until three that? in the morning to how watch about, them how about all. That? So no worries. He didn't say, oh man, you're watching all. He just said, no worries. Yeah, he, he just didn't give me the me. scores of any of the games. It was terrific. How about that? What's Everybody out there, Scott, you made the mistakes. Thank you, Scott. He, he made no it. mistake Scott. at all. We love Scott, and we don't live like your you. Life, bro. We live don't like you for being a anti Scott.
5: I'm not anti Scott. You are, too. I'm anti-feeding you to nice. into your weird it's sports weird. viewing it's habits. What, what is only weird. Only about lovers wanting to go of
4: sports to- understand, not likers of sports. Facts. I, <laughs> my feelings would be
5: hurt, but I'm a ghost, so it's not. they're not Facts. going to be hurt. Lions the Raiders last night over under total points, 46.5. Chris said over, I said under. It was under. The Lions should have had about 50 points, but they only scored 26, so it was a 40-point total there. Then Jameer Gibbs rushing and receiving 103.5 yards total. He beat that in about the first five minutes of the game. He did, over, under. Chris went over, I went under. He did. He was incredible last night. 197 total yards. I don't Crazy. see that happening again this season, but...
3: Well, I don't either because he won't be playing against me in fantasy football again this season. But he oh, was last night.
5: We're going to get into that at 420. Um, ben yeah. Higgins still in the survivor pool, by the way. Good. Uh, next was Max Scherzer, 14 and a half outs, over, under. Uh, Chris and I both went under because we have no faith in Max Scherzer, and we were right to do that.
4: Well, he it was only the line drive to say, hit that knocked him the, out of that the, game. The problem, th- this is the problem with being old, man, like... Uh, a typical one-hop bouncer off That's your all back it was. when you're 30 or younger, even 32 or younger. Shake it off. You shake it off. You got a little bruise, but 35 and over, it yeah. hits you in your back. Couldn't pitch you. You, you don't know what's... It's a coin flip. He was flip. done.
5: He was
3: it's done. A, literally a coin flip. There yeah.
5: is a great gif of him going around like trying to figure out where the heck his back is, how his back is feeling before he's going to go out to pitch. Does not look like he's comfortable whatsoever. You yeah. look like he was in a lot. By of the games. way, Tony, how would you uh, rate your teams for playing "Shake It Off" to Travis Kelsey af- as they walked off the field? Let's rock. Thumbs up. Oh, gosh. Thumbs up. Two more to go. Denver Nuggets last night. Eight and a half point favorites. Uh, Denver did win the game, but they only won by eight. So Chris yeah, and I lost this bet. Them. 110-102. Yeah. Blackhawks Black last night and the Coyotes over under six total goals in the game. Chris and I both went over. Probably definitely not expecting the Coyotes to win eight to one last no. night. Blackhawks scored first and then gave up eight really? straight goals. <laughs> yeah, so that how's the, I keep asking this, but I don't a straight answer. How's the Connor Bedard doing? He's got four goals right. uh, through eight games
3: or nine oh, games, so then. I think he's doing all right. all right. He hasn't been unbelievable, but he hasn't been bad.
5: I got nothing today. So. All
3: right, here we go. Tonight, Arizona, Texas, nine and a half runs is the over-under. We should know before we bet that Adelise Garcia will not be in the lineup tonight for the Rangers out with an oblique strain. Oh. Bruce Bochy reveals that there is a chance... The Rangers will remove Garcia from the World Series roster. That's Whoa, not good. That and is he may not huge. get to play in the rest of the series. That has not yet been done. Bochy said, though, it's not great news.
4: That is, uh, There's no series after this one. So, yeah. man.
3: If he can't go, that's oh. a huge piece of the Texas attack. Huge. Because of that, I'll go huge. under tonight. Yeah. I'll um. go under because he's not in the game. Scraby. Nine? Said? Nine and a half. Last night there was only was, four. What,
5: what was it, 3-1? Three, 3-1, three yeah. I'm going to go under. Under also, okay. Tony, what do you want to go? Who's pitching?
3: Uh, Well, bull, bullpen for oh, Arizona, bullpen Arizona day. and Andrew Heaney slash yeah, bullpen I'm for, going for Texas. You're, You're going, going over, over in a bullpen day. Okay, uh, Andrew <laughs> Heaney is starting. I just mentioned that. Nine and a half outs is all they expect him to get. One out in the so fourth. One out in the fourth, he'll go over. Scraby, what about you? Um, Andrew
5: Heaney. Who does he pitch for? I'm just he kidding. For I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, that's understandable. I don't think everybody knows that. I'm a fancy baseball champion. I, I knew that. Um. <laughs> Man, there's no way to not walk into that <laughs> <No>. with him. <laughs> <laughs> he finds a way. I'm going to go over.
3: Go over. Okay. Tony? Andrew Heaney. Does he get an out in the fourth inning? Oh, uh, no. No, he's under. I think he's going to go over also for some reason. I just think. But she's going to try to stay with him a little bit. Uh, college football, Toledo undefeated in the MAC. Wow, Maction. taking on Buffalo. This is the uh, Buffalo, whatever they are, not the Buffalo Bills.
4: I think they are the
5: <laughs> Buffalo. Bison.
3: This is
4: where uh, where I don't uh, know. What uh, no, th- Mack came from, right? Yes, Khalid, yes, Khalid Mack yeah. went Matt. there.
3: He's not playing in this game though. No, so he's not. Toledo's favored by 15 points at home. Tony Toledo. Toledo to cover. Good teams win, great teams cover. I'll say Toledo. Scraby, you want um, the 15 points? Th-
5: everybody's going Toledo?
3: Yep. Trying to make a
5: decision it's today. It's the Buffalo Bulls, by the way. Bulls, that's what they, they are, are, yeah. Doesn't make sense. Bulls, Bulls
7: Bills, right. same thing. Uh, I'm going to
5: go Toledo. You're going to go, we're all going Toledo in that game. All right.
3: Uh, Bulls. <laughs> one more. Clippers at home. Orlando. Six points. Clippers are favored. James Harden's not ready to play for the Clippers tonight, is he?
5: I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. I mean, the guy complained so much to get there. Why not play? This story really bothered me this morning as I was shopping for my makeup. can only imagine. (laughs) As I was shopping for my makeup. (laughs) It came down as I was shopping for the makeup. And I was like, this guy, really? He got his way. Again. uh, uh, This is
3: an unfair advantage that the L.A. teams have, I think.
5: Because everybody, everybody wants, wants
3: to live to in LA. Well, no, because they these teams have to play two games there. The Lakers last night. Now Orlando now has they, to come right back they tonight.
4: They don't always have back to back. it so. happens quite
3: often. Same mm. team plays back to back nights. I'll take the Clippers to blow them out. Yeah. Scraby. Um Who are they playing against? Orlando. Magic. Six points. Magic aren't Spread. very good, huh? Magic uh, two and one. Played the Lakers to a standstill last night. Lost oh, well, in on a that three pointer.
5: Going with the Magic.
3: Goes with the magic. All right. Magic, the listener will be happy with that. <laughs> Tony, what'd you say? Clippers? Yeah, Clippers. This is second Iowa back the to back. Yeah, this that's, is not going to be good. That's not for fair. Uh, and the Clippers get the advantage tonight. Sometimes it flips the other way, and the Lakers get the advantage. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. We're Go way past due. But Marcus McNeil talking NFL when we come back on Gwen and Chris.
0: Achieve a comfortable retirement. That might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments. Clearly
1: different money management. Investments and in securities involve the risk of loss. the plate. You can listen to every Padres game, along with all the music and news that San Diego needs, right here on the Odyssey app. Download it today.
7: 340 on the
4: clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby. Um, Adoles Garcia out of the lineup tonight. Maybe out for the rest of the World Series, and that is a big blow for the That Raiders.
3: changes everything, and if Arizona wins the World Series three years from now, nobody's going to remember, hey, Adolis Garcia was out of the lineup. Just the Diamondbacks will be World Series champs. This is a big a big opportunity for them. I mean, I think they could win the series even with him in the lineup. I mean, he's he's only got eight home runs and 22 RBIs this postseason. You're going to take him out of there? <laughs> That's and, huge. And, and
4: to this point, the biggest play of the series, throwing out um, yeah. Christian Walker at home right. plate. So yeah. you not only do you lose the offensive threat he is, he clearly led the league in American League assists. He's a threat defensively yeah. as well. So You know who's in for him? <clears throat> Who? How That's about this? Freddie? Travis Jankowski. Yeah. Your guy. Yeah. Listen, Travis. Former Padre. Got a chance to speak to him when they came to San Diego. And this man raved about playing for a manager for the first time in his career that just understood what it was to be in that role that – Yep. I call him Freddy. You guys know him as Travis. Uh, now, why do you call him Freddy again? That's his nickname. Again? That's his nickname. And do we know why? Uh,
3: we don't remember.
4: I think Jesse has said it on the air multiple times. Yeah. I don't remember the yeah. exact story. Right. But um, he had a great year in that role this year. I have a feeling he's going to have an impact. It's not going to be a Garcia-type impact, but he's going to do some things. And... We'll see how the Rangers cover this up. It's not an easy—this isn't a piece that you're going to be able to feel for. Gar, Adolos Garcia had a, a tremendous year all the way around. Mm-hmm. He's having a tremendous playoffs, tremendous World Series. So we'll see how the Rangers— um, This could be a big blow to them. Though. Uh, yeah, we'll no see doubt. what happens tonight. We'll see how, if they're able to put a patch on it. All right, let's get to um, traffic and then Marcus McNeil.
3: And indeed, it's time to talk with a former Charger Pro Bowl left tackle, our NFL insider. Marcus McNeil joins us here to wrap up Week 8 of the National Football League. And uh, Marcus, trade deadline today, the San Francisco 49ers get themselves a big-time pass rusher, Chase Young, from the Washington Commanders. Uh, how much does he help, and how much trouble would he have been for you to block back in the day?
9: Oh man, to be honest, I don't think he would have been that bad. It was the shorter, <laughs> smaller guys that's hard to get your hands on. Okay, it always gave me problems. But uh, you know, he he would have been a good challenge. He kind of reminded me of a Demarcus Ware from my my day and time. And you know, we had some good battles, but I was still able to block him pretty well. But he's going to be a problem for anybody's offensive line, especially with Bosa on the other side of him.
4: Talk talk about that a little bit. What what kind of problems does having a de- two defensive ends on opposite sides like that cause for an offensive line? What kind of issues are you kind of game planning for when you have two guys of their caliber on the same line?
9: Well, it's tough for offenses because usually whenever you got a great pass rusher, you can always slide the line his way and mm. get him some extra help, whether that's, you know, the guard helping them or, you know, maybe having an extra tight end or some sort of back over there where you can get us extra help. But what happens when you slide the line to whichever direction, the other offensive tackle is left with the one-on-one. So, you know, when you have two great pass rushers, now it doesn't matter which way you go. You can't go right. You can't go left. It really don't matter. You know you're going to have a one-on-one matchup that probably favors that defense. And, And that's what San Fran got now
4: if you're an offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, who which poison are you picking here? Are are you sliding it to Bosa's side or, or are you sliding it to Young's side?
9: I'm sliding it the most Bosa. I mean, we're talking <laughs> about <laughs> Yeah, Bosa, I mean, we talk about a defensive player of the year in and out in a year, you know, why Chase Young has a great upside to him. He's still a young player, great athletic ability. He hasn't proven himself as a pass rusher mm. or one who's going to disrupt the game with a whole bunch of sacks yet. He's just a strong defensive end. you know. But Bosa, he, he just goes crazy at any point in time of the game. you got to watch him.
3: Let's talk a little bit about the Vikings and uh, where they sit right now. I mean, losing Kirk Cousins to a torn Achilles, uh, I did, the offensive line can't feel bad because it wasn't like anybody – got to him, and, and he got hurt that way. He just got injured making a, step, a bad step. But what does this do to a football team when they lose their leader like this? I know the Vikings traded for Joshua Dobbs today, but to lose your quarterback, the guy who led you to the division title last year, led you to three straight wins this year, how much heart does that take out of a football team?
9: Oh, man, that that takes a lot of heart out of you, especially when you lose another player. After losing Jefferson, who's a, a dynamic player, like I think at this point in time they had to bring in a quarterback like Dawson. They're just trying to salvage the season. But that's a big blow to the locker room whenever you lose your quarterback, that general on the field that everybody looks at whenever the offense goes out there.
4: Now, I think on a different subject here, Marcus, uh, wide receiver's position. I think coming into the year, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase – are probably the two top names that most people would gravitate to. Um however, I think this year there's a there's a guy who's emerging as not a new guy, but he seems to be putting himself on 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 that level if not higher. I'm thinking uh a, I'm thinking um the, the 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 wide receiver for the for the Eagles right now. AJ, a, Brown. AJ Brown. Yeah, he's uh, having a big who, year. Who do you think the best wide receiver is in the league right now?
9: Ooh, that's a good pick, right? there, on out. I mean, when you see him making some of these one-hand grabs, how physical he is, how big and strong he is, like he just looks like a dominant fourth. And but Tyreek Hill, man, yeah. yeah, it's it's like it's like one and two right now. But Tyreek hitting a thousand so early in the season, I mean, that ain't been done since the '40s. So. I'm one of those guys who like to give them their flowers while they're here. And I know everybody always talks about quarterbacks being league MVPs. But if he continues down this pace, man, we really going to have to talk about this guy for a league MVP if he's putting up 2,000 yards in, in a season of receiver.
4: Most guys who are that fast aren't built necessarily for football. And I know Tyreek Hill is small. But he he seems to be stout for for a, a wide receiver of his speed. Is that kind of what separates him in terms of the speed guys that have come before him?
9: I definitely think it does. Whenever you have a, a stocky build to you, it's called stocky. Like he he looks like he kind of swollen, you know. Yeah. It's it's harder for guys to when they grab you because you're you're short and have that good center of balance. It's hard for them to get you on the ground. And then, don't forget, they still trying to catch up to you in the first place. So, <laughs> right. it's just it's just a hard matchup for anybody. But when you just add, like, how strong he looks to, with how fast he is, it's just a mismatch every week. And it's like, you know it's coming, but can't nobody do that. He's going to have an automatic hundred yards.
3: Yeah, it seems like he catches one bomb every game. In fact, I, I wonder why they don't uh, call a that bomb play more often i mean it doesn't seem like anybody can ever cover and marcus mcneil is with us uh the kansas city chiefs it's one game they lose in denver very surprising they don't even get into the end zone against a team that gave up 70 points earlier this season is there anything wrong with the chiefs or or if we just chalk this up to one off week that taylor swift couldn't go to the game
9: I mean, even though we might want to blame it on Taylor not making it to the game, uh, from what they say, you know, Patrick Mahomes had a, the flu. And coming up in my area, everybody, you know, had to see Michael Jordan play with the flu. So I was expecting him to come out with his best Michael Jordan routine where Matt Travis is carrying him off the field at the end, of victory. <laughs> but he, he just didn't look like that the whole game, man. You could tell that he was just a little bit off, man. I think that sickness, you know, especially uh, coming through something like that, and you're in the mile-high stadium yeah. where you know it's tough to breathe anyway. I think it was just a little bit too much for them to overcome.
4: Now, but they'll be all right. Now, the, the Chiefs are one thing. 49ers, though, and we talked a little bit about them today, making the, the deal for Chase Young. They are reeling right now, three straight losses. Uh, this last one was tough in particular because Brock Purdy, for the really the second straight game, just did not look good at all. Um, I mean, what are we to make of these three straight losses from from the San Francisco 49ers?
9: Well, you know, I was one of the ones that was crowning the 49ers Super Bowl champs early in the, in the year. You know, I jumped on that bandwagon early. But this is really what the league is. Uh, you have injuries that happen. You have ups and downs and adversity that teams are going to have to get by. So this is a great test for Brock Purdy in his young career, and it's going to be – Tell if he's going to be that quarterback for the 49ers or is he's just another guy, you know, a Jag, as they call him. <laughs> just
3: another guy. What about the Dallas Cowboys? I, I can't figure them out. I mean, I, I you know, they beat the Giants, I think it was 40 to nothing. They beat the Rams. They were ahead 36-3 to three in that game. When they blow somebody out, they beat the Jets in a blowout. And then the rest of the time they look mediocre to lousy. Uh, it seems like the Cowboys are one of those teams when things are going their way, they're unstoppable. When things are not going their way, they can't fight through it, Marcus. It seems like they're missing something to take that next step. And, uh, you know, on certain Sundays like this last week, they look unbeatable, though.
9: Yeah, I I think it kind of goes back to the quarterback position, man. Uh, Dak, I mean, whenever we're talking about the Cowboys being good, It's when Dak is playing and he's hitting those plays in rhythm and it's just no adversity going on. But it seems like in the situation where there is adversity or or, or the spotlight gets really big, you know, waiting for him to show up in those moments. They got all the pieces. They got great receivers, running backs, good offensive line, defensive sellers. Like, you have everything. Now we just have to have that quarterback being consistent all all year long for him.
3: One last thing Marcus, the AFC, this week Miami plays Kansas City, so I guess we'll find something out, but those two teams are both 6 and 2. Uh Baltimore is 6 and 2. Now Jacksonville has joined the crew. They are 6 and 2. Uh who who do you like in this conference heading into the second half of the season?
9: Oh man. Uh I think I think you can't go wrong with the those first two guys, the Chiefs and the Miami. You know, they have pro, they proven they their, their their offense to be dynamic against pretty much any defense. You know, Miami went up against Philly already. Uh, The Chiefs do what they want to on offense. The other two teams, you know, uh, Baltimore, historically has always been a good team in AFC, but we want to see them actually come through the whole year and make it. But Jacksonville, I think that's one of the teams that kind of just have a good year all of a sudden out of nowhere. But but they're solid too. But those those first two teams, KC and Miami, you can't go wrong with them.
3: And your Chargers kept Brandon Staley's job yeah, the other yeah, they night. Did. So yeah. I guess that's a good thing, or maybe it's a bad thing. I'm not sure. What do you think?
9: <laughs> hey, he came out there with the sweet shades. You know, he was like, man, I got to make a change. You know, <laughs> this beer is not working. So uh, I'm just glad they got a win. But, I mean, we got to look at who they were playing, the Chicago Bears and yeah. a, a, and. A, quarterback who's getting his second start from a division two school you know no shots at the division two schools and thing, but you know I just don't think he had enough experience to come in the far and beat the Chargers with all that talent
3: yeah all right Marcus well we appreciate your talent as always thanks so much for joining us this week look forward to catching up with you next week talking some National Football League appreciate the time as always
9: always man I'll check you guys later have a great one
3: Marcus McNeil, as always, outstanding. Talking NFL with him. Uh, we mentioned the trade the Forty ers made for uh, the Washington Commanders defensive end Chase Young. Not the only trade today. On is it today trade deadline day? Yeah, it's already passed. Yeah, it's
4: already passed.
7: so
3: it's um, not even
4: the only trade on the on that defensive line. Yeah, Montez for
3: Sweat also traded from the uh, Commanders, but going to the Chicago Bears. Rasul Douglas, cornerback, goes from Green Bay. He's a pretty good cornerback too. Goes to the Buffalo Bills, who really needed that. Uh, Detroit Lions have just picked up wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, So those are some of the trades. Uh, Vikings got a quarterback, Joshua Dobbs. They needed one. They needed one. However, they also announced today that uh, Jaron Hall, their uh, rookie from BYU, will make the start this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. So there you have that. Who's Can't going wait
5: out. to not watch that game? Oh, you'll be watching it because it'll be part of your
3: uh, Scott Hansen entertainment.
5: No, that's true. You know? But Scott Hansen, he he's been going away from some of those bad games lately, and I appreciate it. Scott Hansen treats all games equally.
4: I, I appreciate Scott. This is the first year I've actually get, got a chance to watch Scott Oh on he's good. consistent basis. He is good. He's fantastic.
5: He is, and I love it when he goes to the witching hour.
4: Got to have the red
3: zone, baby. That's right. It's the only thing I got, baby. All right. We That's got, right. We got a witching <laughs> two hours left on uh, Gwyn and Chris on uh, Halloween. Stick around. Chris versus
5: the fans, 833 288
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,